that was slain for our sins. It was my sin and your sin that held him to that cross. And I'm thankful that he died on the cross for my sin. He died on the cross so that I could be saved. He died so that I might have life and life more abundantly. Can we give the Lord some praise? Can we thank him? He didn't have to do it, but he got off of his throne and he got into the earth and he died for our sins. Hallelujah. If he doesn't do anything else for me, I'm thankful that he died. I'm thankful that he rose again. Hallelujah. And because he died, my sins are nailed to the cross. And the enemy can't use my sin against me. He can't use my past against me. That weapon and that tool has been disarmed from him. It has been nailed to the cross. My past has been nailed to the cross. Is there anybody that can say I'm free in the house today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I lift my hands. That's why I magnify him. I have a quick thought, but before I go there, I honor the man of God. I honor the angel of this house. You know, he was talking at prayer, and it struck me when he said, I bind that spirit of compromise. Brought me back to that scripture where he says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. When the man of God binds it, it happens. I'm here to tell you something changed in the spiritual realm. It's not just words that we say. Something has changed in the spiritual realm. When the man of God binds things on earth, they are bound in heaven. I'm thankful that we have an apostle. I'm going to quickly move to Luke chapter number 15. Um, I'm going to, I've got one parable and maybe a story, and I'm going to move out of your way. Um, Luke 15, verse number 28. I'm going to start halfway in this parable, and then we're going to go back real quickly. But we are mostly familiar with this story. Um, It says, and he was angry... It would not go in, therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy covenant or commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this uh, thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Bishop, would you pray over the word? In the name of Jesus, Lord, your presence is manifest in this place. I'm asking God that your hand will continue to rest up on your man's servant, Let him deliver the word, the counsel of your will with power, demonstration, and manifestation. 
Lord God, I'm asking that the word fall on good ground. God, I'm asking that it prosper where you sent it this morning. And God, I take authority over any distractions in the house. And God, let the word, God, once again, go forth in liberty and power. We give you the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I wasn't nervous until about 10 minutes ago. Um, I really don't know how this word's going to come out. I know it's going to come out in 20 minutes. Uh, but I don't know how exactly it's going to come out. Uh, Pastor Ruth Jackson uh, has been teaching on Wednesday nights, and this past Wednesday night struck me uh, when she talked about that scripture where it talks about being about Jesus being about his father's business. And he talked, she talked about the, um, the translation there for business being father. So he's just being about his father. And I, when I heard that, the first thing that came to my mind, and go back because I can't re-preach what she preached. She did it better than I could anyway. But when I heard that, a story came to my mind immediately. And it was the story of these two brothers in Luke. We know this story And many people, if you read your Bible, it will say in the little heading, the story of the lost son. And that little heading is not a part of the Bible. Somebody put it there so that you know what's going on, what particular, and I'm not against that, that's fine. But I have a, I had a little bit of an argument with that for a moment, because I don't think It's the parable of the lost son. I think it's the parable of the lost sons. I think that there were two lost sons in this story because this story illustrates to me how one can be about your father's business but not be about your father. Here is the story of two sons and the father... Of those two sons is wealthy, he has land, he has property, and one of them, the younger son, comes up and says, Father, give me my inheritance now. You're not dead yet, but give it to me now so I can go do what I want with it. You got to understand, we are not in control of our lives, and we have plans and things that we think are going to go our way, and this man thought that if I could just get the money that's owed to me now, I can go do all of these things. I've got plans. His plans did not work out because the Bible says that there was a famine. And he ended up squandering all of what he had on foolish things. And he ended up in a pig pen working for a pig farmer. And while he was there, the Bible says he came to himself and he realized, you know what? I could be at my father's house right now. I don't have to be here in this pig pen. And the Bible says he began to reason in himself and he said, you know what? I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to tell him, look, you don't even have to invite me back as a son. It's good enough for me to just be here as a servant. And so he began to go to his father's house and his father was standing there and saw him afar off. The enemy 
oftentimes will deal with people who feel like they're far off and say, you're too far away. Why bother going all that way back to your father's house? It's too far. I like to hike. I do like to hike. But I like to hike in the hill country because those are hills. Praise God. I don't want to hike a mountain. You're not going to find me trying to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't want to be up there because I get to a mountain and I look, and that's pretty far to go all the way up there. That's difficult. And so the enemy will try to tell somebody who feels like they're far off, it's too difficult to get back into the house of God. But if you read the story, the Bible says that he was afar off and the father began to go to him while he was still afar off. The Bible says, draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. All you have to do is take the first step. And when you take the first step, God will come out and he will run to you while you are still yet. And that's why when they come in here and they smell like alcohol and they smell like marijuana and they came just right from out of the club and they got a hangover and they're wobbling in here, if you would just lift your hands, I don't care what state you're in, if you would just give yourself to the Lord, if you would take that first step. We can't judge nobody. We can't look down on nobody because all they need to do is take the first and God will see them from afar off. And I'm thankful he saw me from afar off. The Bible says when you were polluted in your own blood, I saw you and I saw you and said live. I'm thankful he didn't leave me in my mess. I'm thankful. He said, you don't even have to invite me back in. I'll just be a servant. But the man, the father said, son, you are not a servant in this house. You are a son to me. He said, give him a robe. Give, sacrifice that fatted calf. Give him the best. He invited him back into sonship. We are children of God. Bible says we are children of God. Everybody's not a child of God. But if you have the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, but as many has received him to them, he gave the right to become sons of God to those who believe in his name. We have been given the right to be sons, to be children of God. And that is an important thing that we have to cherish when the enemy tries to come against us. I'm a child of the living God. I might not have everything that I want, but I'm a child of the living God. I might not have titles and credentials, but I'm a child of the living God. I might not have gone to Bible college, but I'm a child of the living God. I might not have all the money in the world, but I'm a child of the living God. I might not have climbed up the corporate ladder the way that I want to, but I'm a child of the living God. And when I walk in, I don't care if I'm a janitor, when I walk into that place, I am a child of the living God. I don't care where I am on the corporate ladder, I'm a child of the living God. God bless you. 
You may be seated real quickly. I'm going to go to the rest of the text. And they, you know the story, they had a party. The father was so excited to see his son. They had a party and they were celebrating. And in Luke chapter number 15, and I'm going to start in uh, verse 25, it says, now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. It bothered me, first and foremost, talking about being about your father's business, the son that had been there for so long, there was a party going on in his father's house. His father was celebrating. This was probably the best day of his father's life. Many of us, I, I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to lose a child. He thought his child was dead. He didn't know where his child was. And his child had come home to him. This had to have been one of the best days of the father's life. And his son doesn't know what's going on. His son is nowhere near the father and has to go ask a servant, hey, what's going on in my father's house? Now, when he goes to the father, he says, father, I've been working at your field for all this time. I've been working. I've been doing all of these things, and you never did these things for me. And that struck me because he's been working with, uh, for the father. He's been doing the things for the father, but he does not know the father. He does not have his father's heart. To be quite honest, I don't know why he wasn't the first one celebrating with his father. If you have the father's heart, when the father is happy, you are happy. When the father is rejoicing, you are rejoicing. When the father is sad, you are sad. When the father is mourning, you are mourning. When the father is looking for his lost children, you should be looking for the father's lost children. And I don't want to just be in the field laboring. I don't want to just be doing something and being busy for God and not having his heart, not knowing what he desires, not knowing what he's looking for, not knowing where he wants me to go. Because we can get so wrapped up in the business of it. We get so wrapped up in doing something, doing anything, that we forget what this is all for. This is to reach the lost. This is to see the, the world saved. This is to preach the gospel. It's not just about business. It's about the Father's heart. What does he want? What does he desire? I don't want to get so distracted that I don't even know what my father is feeling. I've distracted myself with business. And the father is hurting because his son is out in the world. He should have been like, Father, what do you need? Do you need me to go to my other brother? Do you need me to talk to my other brother? What do you need me to do? Because I can see that you're hurting. But instead, he was out in the field looking 
for accolades and looking because I've done this. You should have given me that and I should be here by now. Listen, I do not care if I ever get into a place where I have a position in the organization. They'll try to tell you, you got to start here. Be the youth pastor. Then you can be this and then you can be the, the, the district youth leader and then you can be a district presbyter and then you can go up the chain and then maybe one day you'll get to this place and that place. That does not matter to me at all. If I never get a position, if I never get a title, if I never work in any, uh, preach at any conference, it does not matter to me if God is pleased. It does not matter to me. And real quickly, in the book of Luke, one more story. We're not going to go there, but we know the story. Jesus went into the house of Martha, and the Bible says that Martha had a sister named Mary. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha was in the kitchen. She said, Jesus... You know, we got some dishes to wash. If we don't wash these dishes, it's going to start smelling bad in here. If we don't do this work, you all ain't going to get fed. Why don't you tell Mary to get up off her rear end and help me with the stuff that has got to go on in the kitchen? And Jesus looked at her and said, you're busy with a whole lot of stuff, but she has found the better thing. And you know what struck me when I read that? He said, nothing and nobody can take this thing from her. See, when you have a relationship, relationship with God, you can take my title. You can take my credentials. You can take my Bible college degree. I'm not worried about that, but you cannot take my relationship with my father. So it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to lift him up. I've got a relationship with my father. Why don't you give the Lord some praise? For just two moments, can you lift your hands? God, I don't want to just be working. I don't want to just be in the field. But I want to know your heart. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you love and what you don't love. I want to love what you love and I want to hate what you hate. I want to be in your will. If there's anything that's in me that's not in your will, I ask that you reveal it to me. I want to be in your will, God. More than I want money, more than I want position, more than I want title. I want to be in your will today. Oh, yeah, da 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 da